Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. There is no question that Kristallnacht has made the history books, but for the wrong reasons. Maybe there is something albeit small, that we can internalize from this unfortunate series of events that can change us for the better. Maybe not for now, but for what's yet to come, as you shall soon hear. Before that, here's an overview of the events that took place over 80 years ago, based on the Holocaust Encyclopedia. The unprecedented pogrom of November 9th and 10th, 1938 in Germany has passed into history as Kristallnacht, the Night of Broken Glass, Violent attacks on Jews and Judaism throughout the Reich and the recently annexed Sudetenland began on November 8th and continued until the 11th in Hanover and the free city of Danzig, which had not then been incorporated into the Reich. There followed associated operations, arrests, detention in concentration camps, and a wave of so-called organization orders, which completely eliminated Jews from German economic life. The November pogrom carried out with the help of the most up-to-date communications technology, was the most modern pogrom in the history of anti-Jewish persecution and an overture to the step-by-step extirpation of the Jewish people in Europe. After Hitler's seizure of power, even as Germans were being divided into Aryans and non-Aryans, the number of Jews steadily decreased through emigration to neighboring countries or overseas. This movement was promoted by the Central Office for Jewish Immigration in 1938. For example, in 1925, there were over 564,000 Jews in Germany. In May 1939, that number had fallen to just over 213,000. The flood of emigration after the November pogrom was one of the largest ever, and by the time emigration was halted in October 1941, only 164,000 Jews were left within the Third Reich, including Austria. During the night of November 9th and 10th, 1938, Jewish shops, dwellings, schools, and above all, synagogues and other religious establishments symbolic of Judaism were set alight. Tens of thousands of Jews were terrorized in their homes, sometimes beaten to death, and in a few cases, raped. In Cologne, a town with a rich Jewish tradition dating from the first century CE, four synagogues were desecrated and torched. Shops were destroyed and looted, and male Jews were arrested and thrown into concentration camps. In Berlin, where 140,000 Jews still resided, SA men devastated nine of the 12 synagogues and set fire to them. Children from the Jewish orphanages were thrown out onto the street. About 1,200 men were sent to concentration camps under protective custody. Many of the wrecked Jewish shops did not open again. Following the Berlin pogrom, the police president demanded the removal of all Jews from the northern parts of the city and declared this area free of Jews. His order on December 5, 1938, known as the Ghetto Decree, meant that Jews could no longer live near government buildings. The vast November pogrom had considerable economic consequences. On November 11, 1938, the head of the security police still could not estimate the material destruction. The Supreme Party Court later established that 91 persons had been killed during the pogrom and that 36 had sustained serious injuries or committed suicide. 
Several instances of rape were punished by state courts in accordance with the Nuremberg Laws of 1935. At least 267 synagogues were burned down or destroyed, and in many cases, the ruins were blown up and cleared away. Approximately 7,500 Jewish businesses were plundered or laid waste. At least 177 apartment blocks or houses were destroyed by arson or otherwise. It has rightly been said that with the November pogrom, radical violence had reached a point of murder, and so had paved the road to Auschwitz. The Talmud in the fifth chapter of Brachot relates a couple of episodes of rabbis being a tad overjoyous at a simcha, in which one of the leaders took a glass and shattered it in front of them. The sudden shock of glass smashing to the floor was enough to send the message that if one isn't careful, his extreme levels of joy can lead him to lightheadedness, frivolity, and maybe even lead him to sin. The commentators on the Talmud wonder why this head rabbi needed to break a glass in order to calm down those who were goofing around. He could have simply stood on a chair and relayed his message that way. In fact, this was quite an expensive glass that he shattered according to the Talmud. The rabbi wished to impart a lesson that was going to remain with them forever. Glass is made from sand, which comes from the ground. The glass cup alludes to the human being, who was created and formed from the ground, and will eventually be returned to the ground. And no matter how precious we consider our glass to be, the unfortunate reality is that if God wills, our lives can change in an instant. We could have the entire world going for us, and then it all gets shattered in front of our eyes. We can lose our businesses, our synagogues, and our relationships, and for six million of our brothers and sisters, their lives as well. And if you're lucky enough to live in a country that respects you and respects your religion and respects your rights, that's great, but you can't get too content because the glass eventually shatters for everyone and we return back to where we started. The message of Kristallnacht is not just about what happened over 80 years ago and the importance to fight anti-Semitism to the nth degree. That's obvious. It's about our fight to keep our bodies pure, to be godly representatives, and to be cognizant of the temporary state of this world. If successful, we can guarantee that our personal shining glass cup will sit on God's everlasting table in the next world, next to all of those six million souls who lost their lives in the sanctification of God's name, and next to all the righteous people who spent their life in service of the Almighty.